This podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites, animation, and digital art. To get a 10% discount, go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code AWAKENING. Speaking Podcast. You can find all our episodes on speakingpodcast.com. We're also on BitChute and YouTube as Speaking Podcast. I also have the Awakening Podcast, the Meditation Podcast, the Learn Polish Podcast, and the Crypto Podcast. And all can be found on RoyCon.com. Today, my guest, please welcome Emma Vias. Hello there, Roy. Lovely to be here today. So I know, I mean, we discussed beforehand that I'm in uh, Poland, but I'm Irish, and I know you've got a similar story. So you might let you introduce yourself to the audience. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm an omnipreneurial psychologist, uh, speaker and a mentor. And my background is I live in England, uh, brought up in England, um, born in Africa, but originally from India. So have the whole cross culture thing going on. Yeah. But I love that. I think that's beautiful because then you can connect with more people because sometimes people are brought up to like hate one side or the other. But when you're brought up with all them different countries, you just kind of accept everybody. You know, it's so true. And I think that's a really valid point. And one of the things that I say is that we need to travel more, but not travel to places that are similar to the places we've grown up in or where we're from, but to actually get a sense of cross-culture because we learn so much. Our minds open and expand as a result of, you know, learning from how other people do it and seeing there's another way or, you know, there's another way of looking at things or seeing things, thinking about things. So... I think that's a really valid point. Yeah. So I like to ask my guests, you know, their journey for speaking, but I also know that something, you know, uh, happened when you were 14. So like when you were in school, but also you might tell us the story, if you don't mind, of what happened when you were 14. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up, as I say, with this cross culture, so very academically motivated with the Western culture, but also very spiritually driven by my uh, sort of ancestry, my Indian heritage. And when I was 14 years old, quite, you know, um, unplanned, I had an accident, had a car accident, and I had an out-of-body experience. Now I've always grown up knowing and accepting that, you know, we are not our bodies and that consciousness exists outside. It wasn't ever spoken about in those terms, but because of my spiritual sort of upbringing, you know, it wasn't an unusual concept. And when I experienced in, during that accident, I was lying on the ground and my body, you know, my consciousness left my body and I sort of followed my friends who just left me to try and bring them back only to realize they couldn't see me, they couldn't hear me because I wasn't physically there. Um, and I didn't think too much about it, to be honest, Roy. For me, it was quite natural to just accept that that was my experience. But it was only later on when I was studying psychology and I would talk about it, you know, that we are not our bodies. And, you know, the fact that there is something that exists outside of our 
our physical reality. And there was so much resistance to it at the time when I was studying psychology, it was all about the brain and the body physical and, you know, our reality as we perceive it through our brains. And it's like, no, there's another part of us that is so much more expansive. And I know that because I experienced it. And you can't take away the knowingness that comes from an experience like that. And so, you know, a lot of my work has been pushing what I know internally, what I feel intuitively and instinctively and not really being bogged down by science, because I always say that science is really catching up with ancient wisdom. Ancient wisdom has all of this knowledge, has all of this wisdom. And I was lucky enough, although the accident wasn't great, I was lucky enough to have a, a tangible experience myself to know that there is something as consciousness and it is absolutely not rooted in the physical body or the physical reality that we perceive. I think with the traditional, I suppose, scientists, medicals, they want to quash that because they know it works. They like every single thing. I mean, I, I'm exposing a lot of stuff on my other podcast, but I mean, I've noticed that every single seems to work. They, they try to dismiss it and make fun of and, you know, to promote the opposite. Absolutely. And you have to ask why, you know, what are they afraid of? And I think what they're afraid of is, is what we really need to step into, which is we are so much more powerful. You know, and it's not about power over people. It's not about, you know, money or wealth. It, it's about really being incredibly, incredibly powerful human beings to be able to find our path to happiness and to be able to find our path to prosperity. You know, they, they, we live in a world that has convinced us that we have to live in this linear world that we have to do things from a to b to c and if we're not doing that we're not successful or we can't be happy and the truth is that happiness is an inside job and the truth is it comes from really tapping into our superpowers and our superpowers exist i believe in our hearts and when we can tap into our hearts through a number of tools that we can use, then I think we become, you know, powerful forces in the world for happiness and for prosperity. You know, so it's not about being powerful so that we can exert influence or exert our will over others, but to really be able to find that joy that is our birthright. Absolutely. And I, I think as well, like if you listen to a lot of these uh, speakers and promoters, financial, they're basically telling you that one in in a hundred will be wealthy, four will be OK, but the rest won't. And instead of kind of saying, hey, the system is wrong and we're chasing the wrong thing, because I think I mean, I've noticed that once you have a change in your life once something happens i mean i'm not saying it has to be as traumatic as getting hit by a car and what you've experienced but i think when you go through something you make a switch and then you realize what's important in life and then you like for me it's spending time with my child you know sitting down eating together just getting a cuddle off and just playing football with him and you know phoning parents and just being around all my friends and everything it's no longer it was and i mean that's that that my thing was like getting financially hit through corruption but looking back going it was the best thing that ever happened because i was chasing i was trying to have loads of houses loads of this loads of that 
for what? <laughs> you know, I mean, I am way more happier now. And I have met a lot of people because I'm not, I, I mean, it, it, being, being a psychologist, like, you know, obviously talking to a lot of people. But what I've noticed personally is once you open up to people, there's so many have the same, but they're afraid to actually put it out there. They're afraid to say what happened to them. And it makes, like, I think anyone that I know that seems to kind of be in flow, just kind of living a lot happier, not afraid, not accepting the fear of what's going on in the world. They're just, they're, they're coming from a place of love, basically, has been a lot of the times the people that have hit, you know, have had some sort of trauma. Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's because the conditioning is so strong. It's all over the world now. It doesn't matter which part of the world you're from. There's such a strong conditioning that tells us what the path to you know, success is. And it's usually about wealth and it's usually about career success and you know, purpose is defined by what you're doing as opposed to who you're being. And I think you know, we really need to have a big wake up call in order to say that's not who I am and it's not who I want to be and like I say you know for me it was it was really that sense of knowingness and I think a lot of people believe you know that there's more to life that it can't just be about the old conditioning or the way we've been brought up or what's been embedded in society but they don't know how to break free from it so they keep doing what they're doing one of the things that I find Roy is that when I speak to people a lot of people have dreams and they have beautiful dreams, you know, that I think, God, if that, you know, you brought that to life, it would be so amazing in the world. But they're terrified because they they think they have to lose that level of success or that level of belonging with, in society in order to follow that dream. And they're often not willing to. And I say that, you know, like you, having had that experience of going, yes, there is this financial success I can follow, or just being really happy with, with what really matters, love, connection, family, you know, people. And that's really what it's about for me. But I think a lot of people struggle with it unless they've had some crisis, because it's one of those things that there's no turning back. Once you know something, once you've experienced something, there's no turning back. And, and that's what my experience did for me after that. There was no turning back to fall in line with what other people thought because I knew that I had an experience that stepped me outside of that sense of, you know, belonging to that society that wanted me to see the world in a particular way because I'd already seen something different. And, you know, part of my job is to really help people to do that, to see that, you know, when they shift their perspective without needing a crisis, that they can shift their reality and find, you know, what genuinely makes you happy. And it's different for different people, you know, so it's not to say that one shoe fits all because it really doesn't. But it's so important for people to find what makes them happy, what makes them feel genuinely successful, but ultimately what makes them feel connected. And it's a disconnect that I think is causing the unhappiness, the fear, um, you know, the sense of lack and all the things that we're sort of fighting in the external world. It comes from a disconnect with themselves, with their hearts. And so it's so important to come back to that space. Absolutely. And 
because I know, like, I know I could talk to you regarding this deep, but I want to bring in the speaking side of things as well, because it is this big, even though this, this conversation would be relevant for both the awakening and the meditation, because they're all kind of connected. And to be honest, which with, with all the evil that I'm seeing at the moment, I mean, it's, it's when you deep, when you go deep, you know, when you really know what's going on, it's kind of like, it can, can we have the empathy? Can we show the love? What's the way, like, I'd love to know your thoughts on that because there's people out there, there's loads of people complaining on what's going on. They're all spreading the information and I'm kind of more of a solutions guy because Grant, let's all complain, but what, what, what yeah, we still the exact same tomorrow. But like, do we show compassion to these people or can they be changed? Because I mean, I know that some of them have been abused even in the belly, you know, as a, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's read. So I'm wondering, is it possible to change? Because I know that it's not their fault. And I, I like, we have to come from compassion because if it wasn't their fault and they've been tortured to become this person that's like switches away from empathy, just is emotionless. Why should we like, cause a lot of people are saying, let's hang on from a tree. But the reality is it's not like, it's, it's, it's like, I always look at it, the baby, Do you, you know, you give unconditional love to a baby, but if you abuse that, is that the baby's fault? Who then becomes the adult who's now doing the terrible things around the world? Absolutely. I think there are two things here. So I'd, I'd love to share with you and, you know, let the conversation flow organically. I'm sure we can talk about speaking another time. Um, but, you know, my feeling is very much that it depends on how innocent they are. And I think that, you know, not everybody is innocent. There are those people who are absolutely innocent and, and you know, hypnotized into believing something, thinking something, thinking, you know, that, that age old thing of they think they're doing it for the greater good. And what does that really mean? And what does it look like? And those innocent people, absolutely, we need empathy. Absolutely, we need compassion. But I would also say that for me, love is very much about being real. Love isn't about just pure, unconditional love, you know, acceptance and kindness and forgiveness. For me, love is really about being real and being powerful and calling it. Because if we don't call it, then this is going to continue. And so for me, it's absolutely not about hanging them from the trees or anything. I think it's about becoming stronger, becoming more powerful. You know, they only have influence over us because we've given it to them. We've given them the power to say, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want. I don't know what I need. You know, I'm going to trust you with all the information to decide what's right for me. And we need to stop and say no. We need to stop and say, you know, it's not about the information because with every one story you get saying one thing, you get another story saying the opposite thing. So for me, it's about coming back to the heart. And that's why I'm so passionate about my speaking. I want people to recognize that we need to step into our hearts. It's when we come into our hearts, we know what's true. You know, most people I speak to, I, I'm really interested as to why they can see through what's happening in the world and they can see through it from my perspective because they're tuning into themselves. They're tuning out all the extreme information because there's those people extreme one side and those extreme the other side. And I think, where is the truth? And the truth is somewhere within us. 
And it's really about coming back to that space. And so if we become stronger and we say we know what is true for us and we know when a situation doesn't feel right, we know when a situation does feel right, we know when something resonates with us as a truth and we know when something doesn't resonate as a truth, then we are going to be able to peacefully, lovingly overcome whatever influence they have over us. You know, the only thing that keeps any Thing that is evil or untrue or bad in the world you know the only thing that keeps it is a shadow and so when we are denying our truth we live in a world that is denying the truth and so it's about coming back to our truth so with what's happening what's what's our truth with it what's your truth what's my truth you know for me what is true is that you know nature is far more powerful and my own body is more powerful than anything anybody else can give me. And so therefore I want to allow my body to figure out how to deal with whatever's coming at me, you know, whether it's a virus, whether it's, you know, things happening in the world, the toxicity, I want to be able to tune into my own body and my own truth and follow that. And I encourage everyone to do the same thing. It's not about fighting an enemy, it's about finding your truth. And when you find that truth, then that enemy within dies. And when the enemy within dies, there is no external projection of an enemy outside of us. And so that's really where I go with it. And, you know, like with what's going on, because I, I look at, uh, I think it was The Wheel of Fortune was a book that I read years ago, and it was written by a doctor, Wrench, and it was kind of studying who lived the longest. I think they were in the Himalayas. And basically, obviously, they had not, not nothing, no toxicity, and, you know, just crop rotation and everything. And they were living to over 100. Exactly. And that, that's, that tells you, that's enough for you to see, okay, and then they done a test on the rats. I think they done it in India, and then they done the food from the UK. Yes. And basically, after 16 days, they became cannibalistic. So, like, it's showing, like, say, in the prisons and everywhere else, they, they don't give them the best of foods, even the schools. I mean, they, the whole food system, unfortunately, has been manipulated for us to think that we need a certain foods because it's all about the money. But if you actually, I, I, I believe, just do your own research. Like, I'm at a stage now where I don't believe anything. I mean, I, I just constantly, I just look at everything with open eyes and go why is that my belief system because it was conditioned into me in school at a certain age and i had to believe that but now i just question everything and i start doing research you know and i don't you know i won't go to google because i know that that's been infiltrated and by ju just checking that if you for example if you say is 5g safe it will come up it's safe because that's the question you asked but if you're going to brave and say why why is it dangerous then you get the list. So it, it's all the questions that you ask as well. Exactly. Absolutely. I love that. It's one of the things I teach people that it's, you know, the quality of your life is sort of dependent on the quality of your questions. And so, you know, we have to question, you know, how are we really living and what's really serving us? And if we're not being served by what's being fed to us, be it information, be it food, be it, you know, all the stuff around us, then we have to rethink what we want to do with that. And I think it's really, again, that inner journey, like you say, you know, when you look at um, the impact of food 
well, who's making these decisions that's depleting Earth's resources? And then we need to think about, well, who's allowing them to make those decisions? And so where does the power really lie? And ultimately the power lies with us. The power lies with us to able to say no to something that is not okay. But, you know, if we don't say no, then we're gonna keep on getting what we're getting. And we're gonna keep on the treadmill. You know, it's not gonna go away. And I think that's what's really got to be. I think, you know, this mundane constantly striving to survive and and I just think oh that's so sad we're not here to survive we are here to thrive we are here to flourish we are here to evolve we are here to expand our consciousness to expand our hearts to create that sense of community to create loving relationships and to to really come together as a whole and and live with joy to enjoy the beauty of nature to enjoy the beauty of people and differences and cultures and you know there's so much beauty in the world and yet we're so stuck on that which is not beautiful i.e you know the idea that we have to keep on working in order to secure a future and for what to secure a future just so that we were secure you haven't really lived and we deserve to live we deserve to live with more joy in our hearts it's like kind of what you think about constantly or talk about constantly you attract so like i've i like grounding i love the sun i go out in as the sun i just adore the sun to be honest i go out i'll do sun gazing kind of on sunrise sunset it just works for me like i love it with the butterflies everything i'm just paying attention i'm present i'm just constantly i look at a bee i look at them land on on the flower and i just i just enjoy every little thing like that whereas if you start going on the opposite end whereas you're watching say the corrupt media channels and you're just first of all some people that's the first thing that they do they turn it on so you're just pumping negativity into your body and then you're thinking negative and your vibrations are negative instead of the opposite and like i mean i can still get the message out but it doesn't bring me down but i know other people that are doing similar to me and i see them getting seriously depressed because they're they're taking it in i mean i can take in the information but i don't accept the hatred i don't accept the evilness even though i don't like what they're doing but i just don't let it to affect me and i can still you know as i mentioned play ball with my son or just do anything and i'm not going around you know that it affects my emotion absolutely and i think that's really really important that you know we 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 work with what was right for us and i think you know it's wonderful that you're able to do that i'm definitely a big believer in really really being in tune with nature and really taking time to really appreciate those beautiful things that are miraculous really when we stop to think about you know the bee the butterfly and you know the trees the cycles and everything is quite miraculous but i would also add from my perspective for me you know boy it's really is it is a time of reckoning and for me it's about you know not just saying because for many years that's who i've been for many years i i've been that person just talking about love and just really bringing love to to my work you know to my clients to people i work with uh, we do a retreat where we go away to beautiful india and we're just surrounded by nature the sounds the colors you know the smells and right now i feel like i'm in a space where really 
something has to shift you know consciousness has to tip over we're at a, a breaking point where we can go one way or the other and so for me it's it's really about being engaged with with what is happening but from a space of love but real love as I explained you know that real love that calls it out I'm very happy to speak to people and get people thinking about what's really happening just just to open their minds I'm not here to change anybody's mind about what they think or feel but I'm here to say you know listen if we don't stand up for our human rights then you know we are at risk of losing them and you know it's a god-given right it is a universal right to be free to pursue you know a life in accordance with what is right for us and i don't think that any government or any you know medical person who has one opinion you know has the right to dictate anything to anybody because you know that's just one opinion there are millions of people with millions of variations of opinions on the one thing and and so you know if we live in if we give in to a world where we don't have a right to speak up where we are censored where as you rightly said you know you go to google you can't trust you know what information is coming up because they're deciding there are billions of posts on something but they decide what comes up first they decide what's right what's acceptable what's not you know look at the censorship you know how dare they we should be able to have freedom of information and then make up our own minds as to what is right for us but also to recognize that anytime they have to coerce in this way and create so much fear and propaganda something's not right because if it was really really that bad there would be no need for fear and propaganda the truth would speak for itself and that's what I always say the truth speaks for itself and so you know anybody who is against what I'm saying just listen to your own heart and find what is true don't listen to what somebody else is telling you do your own research you know look at the people we've entrusted with our lives and look at their history that's all I'm going to say and not what's been censored look at the real history because history speaks for itself absolutely and just on the censorship with YouTube I got removed from YouTube and the videos that were removed were when I had doctors on my show because they were exposing the corruption and the lies that are going on and it's like that means you don't accept them as a medical doctor even though some of them have millions of followers and everything they didn't like the information that was going out but Absolutely. you know that like you can look at that both ways because i i know that something and this is kind of like because the broad audience because to be honest i feel like putting this i put this out on the three of the podcasts because i think it's so relevant and i want to make change as well and i know you're coming from the right place because i believe it is from the heart because that's the one thing that they can't tolerate they you know the that's the one thing that they can't you have them with the love they, you know that's something Absolutely. it's it's the one thing that you know because we can connect with everything you know we're yes. all connected and once you see that once you understand that then you you kind of get strength from it and then you also attract people of the same and you kind of you know you're able to build build on that and you know i think that's that makes a huge difference absolutely absolutely and that's why we need to start having hearts beating as one 
you know, when we clear our own hearts of all the debris, when we clear our hearts of all the conditioning and all the things we've been fed, and, you know, because, you know, if you get told something enough times, it goes into your brain for sure. Your heart rejects it, which is why there's conflict, which is why there's so much increase in anxiety and depression and medication and need for, you know, things to sort of self-medicate because the heart cannot cope with that which is not true. The mind will accept it and the mind will fight to hold on to that because that's how deep the conditioning goes. But you're right, you know, the hearts know the truth and when the heart knows that it is connected to your heart that is also speaking the language of truth and love and every other heart that is speaking the language of truth and love, then absolutely we become incredibly powerful but without giving away any part of ourselves, but uniting from a space and place of love and uniting from a space and place of acceptance, you know, because I can accept, you know, who you are, you're, you know, from an Irish background, living in Poland and a man and, you know, and I'm Indian and I'm a woman and I'm, you know, living in England. Um, but, you know, when our hearts speak truth, then our hearts are connected and we become one. And so you are individual, I am individual, but we become collective. And that's what we need. We need the world to unite from that space and place of love to become the collective heart that says no to tyranny, to corruption, to wrongdoing, to trying to control us. And, and you know, and that's what censorship is. You know, never in our history have we had that. You know, there's always been different views of how to treat cancer or heart disease or whatever it might be. A doctor has never, ever been censored for speaking what they think is medically possible, truthful, accurate, whatever it might be. So the fact that they're doing it now has to wake people up. There is a bigger agenda. It just has to wake people up. Because why else would you be doing that? Why else would they have all these ducks in a row to make sure that this didn't happen. I mean, this is long time planning. Right? Oh, this is not something that happened overnight. No, no, there's actually hundreds of years. If you go back, it's it, yeah, it's 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 strange to, to kind of think how this can be so orchestrated, but it is. And even like say from the heart and you know your emotions, your frequency, like the medical industry has been infiltrated that it pumps all the medication so people go in and they go oh you've got a uh, cholesterol you need these tablets they want the patient for life which in time reduces your frequencies because it's full of toxins whereas the reality is if you do have some something there are so many plants out there that will cure you and they've they've quashed them they've i know loads of people they've kicked their websites being shut down and everything and they've got way better success rates and even if you look at like uh, say the spooky tool frequency machine like that helps people with cancer and everything else yet it's all quashed and you seem like the crazy person by telling people listen date there is massive results from this instead of going through chemotherapy which is poisoning people as well but you know they're they're going down that route, which unfortunately. But I think just to be aware of these things, because a lot of I mean I'm having conversations with even people that I grew up with, or and you know like say a friend recently, his father uh, cancer, and I'm telling them all the different things, but they've been so conditioned they don't even want to listen. They just assume you're wrong. Absolutely. And you know it's a shame because. With, with a lot of people the results 
from say the chemo option versus the alternatives which we know work yes there's no comparison it's not like it's tiny it's like five percent versus 95 percent well absolutely absolutely but also you know they've squashed you know where it originates from you know there was a time when you know i'm i'm sure that the body has an ability to attack itself in that way but but it's doing it a lot more frequently and it's doing it with all sorts of people, all ages, all backgrounds. You have to ask why, where's it coming from? And, you know, as we've sort of touched on before, you know, there is a lot of toxicity around us, not just in the food, but there's, you know, depletion of lots of minerals and things that would probably keep us healthy despite having, you know, sort of um, toxicity in our bodies because our bodies can cope with it. It has the ability to digest and metabolize within reason, but not if there isn't the support for it. And so, you know, we, we live for centuries, you know, perfectly well. And then all of a sudden, you know, sort of man became very, very arrogant and thought that it knew better. Science became a thing. And all of a sudden, you know, we are our kind of quality of life and quantity of life is definitely deteriorated in many ways. And I think people need to own up to that. You know, like you say, in India, there are people who live to a young, old, healthy, age and, and die of a natural cause in certain parts of course not everywhere because everywhere toxicity is a, you know a foot now but you know way that people are living simply um, there's a natural flowing life and there's enough in nature to sustain us to be healthy and well like you say plant medicine there's lots of things that for every illness every disease every problem you know there is a solution there is a plant there is something in nature that exists to combat that problem and we just have to find it and you know and that's not to say that there haven't been some medical amazing technology absolutely there is you know because i do appreciate there is so much that does help and we're really really in the thick of it and so there's amazing stuff out there medically, scientifically, but it shouldn't be the only thing. It shouldn't be the only go-to. We should be open-minded and allow lots of possibilities and for person, each person to find what's right for them. You know, for some people, you know, going down that sort of medical route might be exactly what they need. And for others, it may not. It's the fact that they're trying to shut it down that I think is so wrong. You know, because before this, we lived in a world where, yeah, if you didn't want to go down that route, you could go down your own path and find your own solutions. And because I come from a background of Ayurveda, you know, that is my go-to. I mean, I didn't have a doctor, a registered doctor, until, unfortunately, just two years ago. And uh, only had a problem with my ear that wasn't going away, and it didn't solve the problem. So, <laughs> but I thought I'd better go and check it out just in case. And you know, but you know, it's not something I've ever sort of really believed in. Um, and that's that's my right. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. And that's what it comes back to, right? Is that each individual should have a right to decide for themselves, or you know make decisions for family and loved ones depending on age etc but each person should have that right absolutely 
And with your retreats, then, do you have corporate clients? Because I'm kind of looking that, you know, especially because most of the problems are kind of from the corporations. So I know there's kind of higher levels overseeing the whole lot, but the reality is a lot of these corporations, they're, I mean, <laughs> say nestle i mean even the guy came out he doesn't think that people should have water and everything it should be sold and you know all the toxins in it and like there's a load of bad companies out there if our one do you have the corporate clients going to these retreats but like is that a way we can do it by touching the individuals inside the company that their heart is open and they're going hey we're selling these uh, cereals that actually the number one ingredient is sugar and we're making it look like it's the healthiest meal of the day Absolutely, especially for children, you know, and the constant bombarding of advertising, you know, that is so unhealthy, and yet that's what children will gravitate towards because that's what they watch and that's what they see and that's what they, you know, those other children talk about. Um, so yes, I definitely think that's the way, you know. So a lot of my work sort of started off being these. I started off slightly corporate and consultancy and then moved into independent, you know, doing my own practice. But a lot of the work now comes from people who have been touched personally, unfortunately, usually through crisis. So when they hit rock bottom, they don't know where else to go. And so all the things that they knew and thought kept them safe suddenly was taken away from them and they weren't so safe. And that's when they would come to me. And Absolutely, you know, because once you touch their hearts and you show them experientially how life can flow so much better when you are in touch with your heart, when you are more open-minded as to what's possible instead of a contracted 3D living and really opening up to, you know, the, the sort of infinite possibilities of nature and, and really, really healing inside out, you know, through massage, meditation, yoga, all of those things you absolutely change their mind. And I think more and more people are burning out, more and more people are not liking the lifestyle, not liking the choices, it creates conflict. You see, as I said, you know, when the mind accepts something, well, this is what you've got to do, feed the bottom line, feed the bottom line, feed the bottom line. But the heart is saying no. Eventually, you know, you, you have to give. Something has to give. And that's usually when they come to see me. And that's where I've now built my sort of practice around omnipreneurial psychology, which is really going into the corporate space and encouraging them to have away days, encouraging them to come on retreats, encouraging them to get in touch with their heart to make better decisions to be able to you know take care of the people before they take care of profit to take care of an organization from a sustainable space and in doing so recognizing the bottom line takes care of itself there is plenty of wealth and abundance to go around but if we're only chasing that we're leaving out so much of life that makes us happy and genuinely fulfills us when we follow that which makes us genuinely happy and fulfills us, the money just absolutely organically takes care of itself. So yes, of course, we are all here to sort of, you know, make money and, and have a living, make a living at some point, you know, well, none of us are all, you know, here able to just run charities or charitable organizations, but it's getting it the right way around. It's turning it it's on its head and taking care of the people, taking care of the planet, taking care of a need for meaning and a need for purpose, which then allows, you know, the abundance to flow 
And the more they experience it, the more they see it in their lives and they go, this really works. And so the word is getting out. And so, you know, I hope it gets out at a much quicker rate and more people do it in a way that is really heartfelt, where they recognize when you hurt another person, another thing, another living thing, you're hurting yourself because we are all one, one heart. We are all connected. And, you know, and it's a real tangible thing. It's not just an ideology, um, but people don't know that yet. And I really hope I'm, I'm you know, successful in getting more people to see that. Excellent. And like you must be happy with the, even the last say 10 years, the amount of people that are engaged in yoga and meditation, because I mean, now I can talk to somebody that's 18 and he's meditating. Whereas before, if you start to talk about meditation, they'd look at you like you two heads and there was something wrong with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was certainly my experience when I would talk about it, you know, and that's when I realized that there were certain sort of, uh, you know, high level leaders who are really interested, but would never say in the corporate space. So, you know, one of the things that I remember clearly is a lot of these sort of men in particular coming to me and going, oh, you know, I quite liked what you talked about at this place, or, you know, um, I'd love to know more. And so they have the individual sessions with me. They were really curious and they really, really did want to know. And they really, but they would never have brought it up in the office. They would never have brought it up in the workspace. But, you know, when I would talk about certain things through sort of, you know, like consultancy, I'll do soft skill training. And, but I'd always throw in something about love or something about, you know, that trust or that sort of consciousness or whatever. And people were really interested, but they were scared of it. And now I think, you know, it's definitely much, much more acceptable. You have all sorts of people talking about it. You certainly have big companies like Google um, trying to implement it. But I also think they pay lip service to it. You know, there is, there is giving people, you know, meditation as a thing, i.e. a space to go and just be quiet. And then there's teaching them the art of meditation. And, you know, there is an art to meditation and it is absolutely so, so powerful that it can really, really change the quality of your life immensely. But I don't think that's what a majority of people understand. Majority of people think of meditation either at crisis point to sort of really do a deep dive into themselves or as a way of just calm, slowing themselves down. And I think, God, it's so much more than that. It's such a creative power. It's such a, you know, innovative power. It's such a um, truthful experience. When we really deeply meditate, we connect with truth. We connect with that inner power. We connect with authenticity. We connect with creativity. And so many beautiful things come out of it. I don't think people really understand just what powerful tool it is. No, definitely. And what kind of meditation do you do? Do you do different types? What's what's the one that you prefer to, to do? 
Yeah, so I, I teach the, the real importance of silent meditation, how to achieve that state of silent meditation. Really, for me, it's about listening to the heart. So silent meditation is really about not slowing down your thoughts or shutting them off, but listening to really what your heart has to say as opposed to what your head has to say. Um, so I do teach um, that particular meditation, but I also teach this other meditation for those people who are very, very active in their mind and have you know a great ability to imagine and it's a meditation called the art of fantasy which is how do we use you know meditation and imagination to create something new to create a, a, a new vision a new possibility um, and new and solutions to problems that you may not know how to solve because you cannot solve thinking that community oh, excellent. and do, do, like uh, finally like when when you're doing say like a, a workshop then do, have you found or whether it's a retreat have you found that when there's more people that are let's say awake or more in tune with their heart that it's easier for the other people then to kind of realize and make the shift as opposed to going into a room that they're all you know they don't believe in anything Oh, absolutely, absolutely. You know, you only need one person to really, really believe. And and you see, I I genuinely believe, Roy, that a lot of people believe they're just afraid to say it, or they're afraid to explore it. Because to really, really believe, if you don't believe at all, it takes time and energy. You have to really think about things, and you have to step out of what you know and step into the you know, kind of fear of uncertainty to explore what might be possible. But my experience has definitely been, you know, I've definitely had people come along to my workshops or my retreats or come to see me going, well, I'm not going to be interested in the meditation and I'm not going to be interested in this, you know, the chanting or doing all of these things. I'm just going to come along and have a bit of a holiday and maybe listen to a little bit of Hema's teachings or whatever. And then by the end of it, I mean, they are such diehard believers, you know, by the end of it, because, you know, when they're there, they let go of the conditioning. And that's why I love the retreat space, because it means they're away from their everyday life. And when they're away from their everyday life, the heart has the ability to expand and open up to possibilities. And so that's what I really, really encourage. But I, I genuinely think that a lot of people would like to believe in something else. They just don't know how to get there. And I certainly hope that, you know, my teachings and the way I express it using real life, you know, as an example, that they really get it, begin to see the possibilities and believe in so Hemi, you may tell us uh, how people can get in contact with you. Yeah, that would be lovely. Um, so I have a website, hemavias.com. So um, just H-E-M-A-V-Y-A-S, hemavias.com. Um, and we also have a community, which is Heart Renaissance. So if they go to the website, they can connect to the community. It's a free community where, you know, I put all my talks and uh, meditations and various resources that people can tap into. Yeah, excellent. And I'll make sure that I'll put it on the podcast description as well as the videos. So thank you very much. Thank really you. enjoyed the conversation. I did too. Thank you so much for giving me the space to air some of my truth around everything. Thank you, Roy.
that's all for the speaking podcast and i'll also say that's all for the meditation podcast and the awakening podcast because it's the first time i'm actually going to put this on the three podcasts because i believe the message is so important so you can find all the episodes on speakingpodcast.com we're also on bitshoot and youtube and all my podcasts are on roycon.com be sure to give us a thumbs up five star rating share with your friends especially this episode until next week take care this podcast is sponsored by Kulabula, creators of websites animation and digital art to get a 10% discount go to kulabula.com and put in the discount code awakening mm-hmm.